Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. My name is Tavian the Philosopher Napier and this is where we level up inside and outside the virtual arena. Today we're going to level up by talking about some books. Finally, uh, this will be my top most influential books that have affected me in my life. Uh, I think everyone has their own books, you know, that they like and that they enjoy. But I want to talk about the ones that have infected me. Infected me? Affected me. <laughs> They've infected me with their positivity and the motivation and direction. <laughs> there we go. Nice save. All right. Nonetheless, though, my name is Tavian Napier, aka The Philosopher. I am a esports performance coach, but also an assistant director at the Western Michigan University Esports Arena. That means I oversee the program, production, planning of events, curriculums for camps, uh, coaching, basically the head coach, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. I've worked in the esports industry for a long time as a commentator, as a competitor, as a tournament organizer, a lot of different things. And so I have a good amount of experience and a huge reason why I am where I'm at is because of books. Now, if you know me, then you know that I listen to books more than I read books. And hey, I'm not going to feel bad about it, right? I want to read more, but I don't right now, but I want that knowledge. I do that by listening to audiobooks, and you already know, Audible is what I use. TavianNapier.com slash Audible if you want to get a free month to see what it's like. If you don't keep it, then you don't pay anything. If you do keep it, then you pay like 7 bucks a month, and you get a free book every month, which is probably going to be cheaper than the book that you buy with that, that free token. Uh, you get a free book every month, and I think there's a premium version, and you also have access to their, their originals, kind of like their Netflix originals or their Amazon originals. Uh, there's audiobooks that you have access to, too. And there's some pretty cool ones. But I digress. If you wind up keeping it, I also do get a small commission, and I will greatly thank you for that. And also, I think I'll be doing you a service because you'll have a great tool. I've listened to Audible uh, since, like, 2012, and I've had it as a subscription pretty much the whole entire time. Uh, so I, I highly recommend it. But let's let's get into what we want to talk about here. The, the main topic of tonight is the top influential audiobooks and bear with me because i just got home from chicago it's been a long day we did not realize there was going to be a bears game today so uh, we were right by the aquarium right next to the stadium it it was a mess we don't follow sports so we didn't know but i digress let's get into this list and the first book that I have to talk about that I haven't already talked about. I, I probably have talked about this, but I want to make sure I have recommended this. So this book is called Mastery by Robert Greene. And what I'll do is I'll read the synopsis to you and then I'll talk about my own experience as well. So let's talk about this. This is the eagerly anticipated new book from the author of the best-selling book, The 48 Laws of Power, which I think is also a really good book. It wasn't as influential. This I read first, and then I read The 48 Laws of Power and The 50th Law of Power with 50 Cent. Uh, but that's a digression. So let's read this. What did Charles Darwin, middles, middling schoolboy and an underachieving, underachieving second son do to become one of the earliest and greatest naturalists in the whole world? Has, the, the whole world has known. What were the similar choices made by Mozart and Cesar Rodriguez, the U.S. Air Force's last ace fighter pilot? In Mastery, Robert Greene's fifth book, which I have only read two of his books other than this one, uh, he mines the biographies of historical figures for clues about gaining control over our own lives and destinies. Picking up where the 48 Laws left off, Greene culls years of research and original interviews to blend historical anecdotes and physical or psychological insight distilling the universal ingredients of the world's masters 
Temple Grandin, Martha Graham, Henry Ford, Buckmeister Fuller, all have lessons to offer about how the love for doing one thing exceptionally well can lead to mastery. Yet the secret Green maintains is already in our heads, debunking long-held cultural myths. He demonstrates just how, as humans, are hardwired for achievement and supremacy. Fans of Green's earlier work and Malcolm Gladwell's outliers will eagerly devour this canny and... Ooh, that's a word I don't know. Erudite? <laughs> Explanation of just what it takes to be great. Yeah, so I think that's a good synopsis of this book. I will say I read this when I was about 25, 26. I don't remember who recommended it to me, but I wound up reading it probably from a YouTube video or something like that. Uh, and I've listened to this book probably more than any other book that I've listened to, except for maybe The Art of Learning. The book isn't narrated by Robert Greene, but it is still very, very good. He goes into these stories of the history of different figures like Einstein, like Da Vinci, uh, like the ones that I've mentioned before, and, and breaks down the fact that they're not just geniuses because they're born smart or born talented. They had a certain kind of work ethic that they had to force themselves through. They had hardships that they had to overcome. And it was something that I really, really needed early on because it demystified this whole, like, Oh, people are just born that way. They're born smart, and that's just how it is. It's not It's not exactly true. This book really helped demystify that concept for me and really encouraged me to just go and do my own thing. And now I'm in a place where I have mastery over a certain skill set that not many people have. I have a value that not many people have to offer. And it's crazy that I'm at where I'm at and that I do what I do and that I'm still reaching higher and higher milestones. And I'm talking to people who have millions of dollars that want to give money to my organization and to my programs and want to support me. And like, that does not register in my head. Like I'm still in this mindset of like, I'm small and there's so much more for me to overcome. But at the same time, I don't let that get to me. It's just like, I I'm not humble per se. Like, maybe I am humble. I don't know. Uh, but I just, I don't focus on the fact that like I'm a master or I'm great or anything like that, but I can't acknowledge the things that I have done because there's evidence of those things that I've done. And there's feedback that I've gotten from people outside of me. Plus there's dollar signs that I can represent. Uh, so I, I have feedback outside of my own opinion that backs it up. And a huge part was just doing my own thing and growing and being okay with that. And the stories that are in this book and how they demystify a lot of these figures just really, really helped me move on. So that has to be the first book in my list. Uh, there's a few books that have really impacted me over the years. Um, there's probably one book that's not on this list, but I want to re-listen to it before I add it to a list. Uh, but let's go to the next book. And there's no particular order. Uh, I think in the past, in the future, I might end up ordering it by how I read it, but I really don't remember that. So I'm just going to go over these books. Um, the next one is actually a more recent book that I was recommended to me by a guest on the show, Gator Mellon. Uh, this is the inner game of tennis, the classical guide to the mental side of peak performance by W. Timothy Galloway. I've mentioned this a couple of times. This book is newer. I'm actually listening to it a second time now. Uh, and it just, there's so much packed into this book that don't even know where to start. The biggest thing that I can mention is that he really does a good job of clarifying the two different types of personalities that an individual has. He calls them self one and self two. And this is something that everybody has and everybody does, especially when you're competing. 
at least for most people, right? There's always exceptions, but for most people, this is the case. You have self one, which is the analytical side of things that wants to have logic and control of every single situation. And then the self two that just does things naturally. You know, it's based off of your muscle memory, your instincts and all these other things. Now, not one is better than the other, but there's a time to utilize one and a time to utilize the other. And some people don't consciously do that or they do it in a way that's either opposite or not advantageous. Like they're not using the right one at the right time, whether it be conscious or unconscious, right? There's times where I want to use what is called self one, the more analytical side of things when I should just be in the zone, in the moment, just doing what comes naturally. And I, I really relate to this book and I love how he breaks that down via tennis. He is obviously a tennis coach, it's called the inner game of tennis, but there are always going to be parallels when it comes to philosophical growth, when it comes to breaking down mastery of certain things which is also why I had to talk about mastery as one of the first books. So let's read the synopsis real fast. It's really, really short, which I appreciate. <laughs> uh, but the inner game of tennis is a revolutionary program for overcoming the self-doubt, nervousness, and lapse of concentration that keep a player from winning, that keep a player from winning. This classic bestseller can change the way the game of tennis is played. And I would agree. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. All right, so let's move on to book number three. This one is an interesting one. I'm going purely off of memory. Like I have my list, but I don't want to just go back and really, I want to go off of how it's affected me in the past, not how it's affected me after re-listening to it. And The Alchemist I've listened to maybe two or three times over the years, and it's probably been about three or four years since I've listened to it. Uh, but let me go ahead and go over the synopsis first, and then we'll talk about it. So. Paolo Coelho was the author. Uh, his enchanting novel has inspired a devoted following around the world. This story, dazzling in its simplicity and wisdom, is about an... I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's a its a foreign shepherd. I'm not even going to attempt to uh, pronounce this, but I'll, I'll have... I have links to all these. So first off, there's links to all these in the description down below. If you want to get in these books and not listen to all of that, uh, before I get into the rest of the books, there are links to all of them down below in the order that I'm reading it off to you. So you can check those out if you don't want to listen to the whole entire podcast. Feel free to. I, I don't care if you listen to this. As long as you're getting the information, getting these books, they're, they're worth it. Every one of these books on this list have impacted me in a tremendous way. So that said... Let's get back into the synopsis. Okay, so it is about a shepherd boy named Santiago who travels from his homeland in Spain to the Egyptian desert in search of treasure buried in the pyramids. Along the way, he meets a gypsy woman, a man who calls himself king, and an alchemist, all of whom point Santiago in the direction of his quest. No one knows what the treasure is or if Santiago will be able to surmount the obstacles along the way. But what starts out as a journey to find worldly goods turns into a meditation of the treasures, treasures found within. Lush, evocative, and deeply humane. The story of Santiago is art eternal testament to the transforming power of our dreams and the importance of listening to our hearts. Now, this book is fiction it's not a real book it's not a real story as far as i'm aware it's all you know written by uh paulo coelho but there are lessons to be gained in this book and i think there's another book similar to this one that i can't remember the title of it unfortunately unless it's the same book that i'm thinking of i'm pretty sure they're separate books but this this book really does a good job of breaking down the individual's journey of, of mastery and growth, not necessarily just mastery in terms of getting better, mastery of oneself, 
mastery of controlling your destiny and where you go and who you want to be as a person and how your experiences along the way can really help shape that that direction and that dynamic and uh, that mindset, right? There's different influences that an individual can have. And those can be, you know, if you're religious, you might see it as more of a sign. If you're more of a logical person, you might see it as like, um, you know, some sort of influence along the way or inspiration. If you're more creative, it, there's a lot of different ways to see the interactions that you have. And I think this book does a really good job of illustrating that journey. And I don't want to spoil too much about the book. So I don't want to go too hard into details. Now, I honestly don't remember a lot of the book. I remember how it impacted me and how it helped me think differently from my own perspective. He really did a good job of capturing that. From what I understand, he has a couple of other books that I haven't had a chance to read, um, but I really, really recommend this one. It's also narrated by Jeremy Irons. You know who Jeremy Irons is? Guy's a good, good actor. Good actor. He's not even just a voice actor. He's an actor actor, okay? He's done a lot of things. So it's really well done. The book is well written, but it's also well narrated. Incredibly important, okay? And I think I'm going to add a bonus book to the end. It's nothing surprising, but it's not a book that I would recommend in terms of like person development, but it's one that definitely helped me think a little bit differently. But we're going to move on for right now on to our next book. This is going to be The First 20 Hours, How to Learn Anything Fast by Josh Kaufman. Now let's read this synopsis real quick. I really enjoyed this one. Take a moment to consider how many things you want to learn to do. What's on your list? What's holding you back from getting started? Are you worried about the time and effort it takes to acquire new skills? Time you don't have and effort you can't spare? Research suggests that it takes 10,000 hours, which, you know, again, outliers, good book, uh, 10 hours to develop a new skill. In this nonstop world, when will you ever find that much time and energy? To make matters worse, the early hours of practicing something new are always the most frustrating. That's why it's difficult to learn how to speak a new language, play an instrument, hit a golf ball, or shoot great photos. It's so much easier to watch TV and surf the web. The first 20 hours, in the first 20 hours, Josh Kaufman offers a systematic approach to rapid skill acquisition. How to learn any new skill as quickly as possible. His method shows you how to deconstruct complex skills, maximize productive, productive practice, and remove common learning barriers. By completing just 20 hours of focused, deliberate practice, you'll go from knowing absolutely nothing to performing noticeably well. This method isn't theoretical. It's field-tested. Kaufman invites readers to join him as he field tests his approach to by learning to program a web application, play the ukulele, practice yoga, relearn to touch type, get the hang of windsurfing, and study the world's oldest and most complex board game, which I believe is Go. So, what do you want to learn? So that's the synopsis of this book. And I will say, I actually read this book because I watched his TED Talk that was kind of a synopsis of his book and he actually performed playing the ukulele live on stage afterwards and it was pretty cool it really got me interested now keep in mind this is not some sort of like get rich quick scheme it's not a get good fast scheme this is efficient learning that we don't really learn how to do and this has helped me in my life to learn things more effectively now talking about this book has made me want to re-listen to this book and think about some of the things either that i've either forgotten or perhaps I was my cup was full at the time, so I only took the things that I could 
you know, latch onto at the time. And now, you know, every time you read a book that's in personal development, at least for me, I get more out of it. That's why I re-listen to books because there's only so much that you're going to gather unless you're taking notes and you're revisiting it and you're rereading these parts as you're going through it. That's not what I do. I just listen to it. Sometimes I'll listen to it even faster, like 1.5 times speed or something like that. But I re-listen to them because I already know what they're talking about and I remember the things that I remember. So I'm looking for new things that I didn't catch before. And I think this is one of those books that I want to do that because now I feel like I have so many things that I'm juggling that it, it does feel like I don't have time to learn certain skills. Or sometimes it's just learning or getting better at certain games, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I don't want to start certain games because I know how much, or I feel like there's too much time to invest to be at a decent level at the game. And that isn't always the case. That's been wrong several times in my history where I think it's going to take a long time, and it honestly just takes a little bit of dedicated time to get good at something. So we, we build this story up in our head, we build this mountain that's actually a mohill in our head. And this book really helped me in my early stages, in my early 20s or mid 20s to, to get better at things faster because I was bad at adulting, okay? Right? Remember that, you know, in my mid 20s, I was homeless for a short stint and I had to just work on my life, just start from scratch on my own and build my own wealth outside of my family's influence. So that's, that's really a good book during that time that I had. So yeah, I can't recommend that one enough. It's a really good book. It's pretty short. The first half of it is just breaking down the logic. The second half of it is actually him kind of going through his own process. And I feel like it can be a little bit boring in the second half. So I'm going to be honest with you. The first half is really good and engaging with, with how he breaks it down. But if you're someone who likes examples, he has several examples of the ones that I've listed of him breaking it down. Like the one I listened to the most is the yoga one because that fascinated me the most. I don't think he actually has that. No, he does have it listed here. Uh, but, you know, it could be different for you. you. It could be more of the mastering the game of, of Go, which I wish it was chess because I'm more interested in chess than Go, but that that's besides the point. Either way, again, The First 20 Hours by Josh Kaufman. Really, really good book. As a side note, another good Josh is Josh Four, who wrote Moonwalking with Einstein. It's a book about memorization. So if you have memory issues and you want to learn how to memorize better, that's a book I highly recommend. I got to re-listen to that one too. But that's not going to be on this list. It's a really good one, but it didn't like, it helped me be more efficient, but it didn't like change my worldview kind of thing. Another book that I, I definitely want to re-listen to is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Ru Ruiz, I can't pronounce that name properly. I have to hear it. But either way, it's narrated by Peter Coyote. Do not know that name, but it was good. Also, side note, the 20 hours, I'm pretty sure was voiced by the author, Josh Kaufman. So that's another thing. I like reading books or listening to books that are read by the author. Either way, let's get into the synopsis of The Four Agreements. In The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz reveals the source of self-limiting beliefs that rob, of, rob us of our joy and create needless suffering. Based on ancient Tolik wisdom, The Four Agreements offer a power code of conduct that can rapidly transform our lives to a new experience of freedom, true happiness, and love. Don Miguel Ruiz has dedicated his life to sharing the wisdom of the ancient Tolik. For more than two decades, he has guided others towards their personal freedom. Today, he continues to combine his unique blend of ancient wisdom and modern-day awareness through journeys to sacrifice to sacred sites around the world. This is definitely a book I'm going to re-listen to in the future. 
I all I can remember is that this book was really well done and I, I felt emotionally changed. I can't remember anything about this book right now, so I don't want to, you know, BS you on that sense. But I do remember the impact and the fact that I want to re-listen to this book means that there was something that I definitely got out of it. It's really interesting how a book can help you grow as a person, but you don't remember any of the words out of it. There are certain books that I remember almost at the back of my hand. One of those books being The Art of Learning, another one of those books being Mastery. And even still, when I listen to those books, there's parts that I don't even remember, let alone sometimes books I only listen to once, like this one right here. Uh, someone recommended it that I worked with and I haven't gotten back around to it, but I definitely remember this book being very impactful. But I, I do recommend that book. It's a little bit more on the, I guess, the touchy-feely side, perhaps, uh, and less logical. But I like those kinds of books, too. As someone who does coaching, it's really important to learn to be empathetic. It's really important to be open-minded. It's really important to not, even though you might have a set way of thinking and seeing the world, it's important to acknowledge and be aware of other ways of thinking because it might help you grow as a person, even if you don't necessarily agree with all the things that are in that book or in that work or whatever it may be so it's important to remain open-minded and sometimes i'm very very logical so it's really good to have some of that empathetic side so i can keep my you know emotional intelligence and, and keep uh, my composure a little better sometimes you know when i when i want to use my logic it's important to just have some self-control relax a little bit <sighs> take a breath and really feel out the situation rather than just using logic the whole entire time Make sense? Cool. Let's move on to another good book. Start with Why, How Great Leaders Inspire to Take Action by Simon Sinek. This book uh, it was another TED Talk and it really hit in a couple of different ways. It helped me a lot with marketing, which sounds kind of weird, but you know, at this time I was getting into YouTube, I was getting into, you know, trying to work in sales. So uh, I was really motivated in that sense, but I also wanted to be a better leader. I wanted to grow as a person. I wanted to get my, my own message out there somehow, and I didn't really know how to do that. This book really helped with that. There's a really great TED Talk, which I will get the link for, okay? I'll give you the link to that next to that book, and you can check that out for yourselves. But he talks about the golden circle, and I'll let him explain it rather than going over it. But it does a really good job of explaining why businesses, some businesses are really good at connecting with their consumers and reaching out and getting new consumers uh, or customers and why some of their customers or some of their companies actually fail at doing that. But in explaining that logic, it also explains how you can be authentic, get your message out there and build your own following, market your, your, your branding. Uh, which a lot of us want to do nowadays. I was a content creator. I still am a content creator, clearly. Uh, so this book was really important in helping me understand a lot of the, the business aspects from an empathetic point of view. It was really, really nice. It's a really good book. I will send you a link or I'll post a link to The Golden Circle as well. Keep in mind, though, this is an older video, so the quality is going to be a little bit older, but it's still definitely worth it, especially if you're into marketing or if you're into getting your message out there a little bit more. The next book is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Narrated by Jim Collins. Now, oh man, this book is a good one. It's an older book, I believe. I don't know when it was originally written. But I'm fairly sure Stephen Covey's an older guy. He's still alive, so it's not as old as 
some of the other books, but it's still an older book for sure. Alright, so let's go over this synopsis. The seven habits have become famous and integrated into everyday thinking by millions and millions of people. Also, this book is very popular with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners. A lot of these books that I've mentioned are very popular. So these aren't books that I just found out of nowhere. A lot of people who are already successful have recommended these books, whether it be from YouTube videos or in person. I'm, I digress though. Let's move on. But with Sean Covey's added takeaways. Ah, ah, ah okay, okay. That's, I believe that's his son that also adds some stuff. Adds his takeaways on how the habits can be used in our modern age. The wisdom of the seven habits will be refreshed for a new generation of leaders. So yeah, this is an updated book. It's not changed too much, but it's just re-released. So habit one is be proactive. Habit two is begin with the end in mind. Habit three is put first things first. Habit four is think win-win. Like win slash win, like a win-win scenario. Habit five is seek first to understand then to be understood. Habit six is synergize. And habit seven is sharpen the saw. Man, just hearing that right now, I remember what this book is about. And I remember a lot of the stuff that I got out of it. And even before I read this book, a lot of people, a lot of, uh, you know, business workshops that I've gone to or sales workshops or, or like, you know, books that I've read have referenced this or YouTube videos or YouTubers have referenced a lot of the stuff in his book. Uh, so just hearing that, I'm like, dang, okay, I got to get back on top of some of these because I've, I stopped doing some of these consistently. Like I do a lot of these, but not as consistently as I think I should be. So it's great that I'm doing this. I'm really appreciative of the person that recommended this topic. Six cents. Thank you very much. Shout out to you. But let's move on to the rest of this. And then I'll talk about some of my thoughts as well. So this beloved classic presents a principle centered approach to solving both personal and professional problems. With penetrating insights and practical anecdotes, Stephen R. Covey reveals a step-by-step -step pathway for living with fairness, integrity, honesty, and human dignity. Principles that give us the security to adapt to change and the wisdom and power to take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, man. This book is its both very, very logical and it can be very, very like empathetic. Uh, very like creative emotional side of things it's a really good blend and he does a good job of breaking down how to prioritize things you know i don't know if you've ever heard of the covey quadrants where it talks about the four quadrants of how to prioritize things uh, that comes from this author right here i think it's in his book as well but it's definitely from the same author he he's like a business coach he helps people be more efficient really good stuff this book really helped me to better understand how to prioritize my time and, I, and this is a book that i really i try really hard to emulate this the things that i've learned in this book because of the nature of my job nowadays there's so much that i have to prioritize on my own that like nobody else can do but me not because i'm good at things but because i'm in this position that i have a certain amount of knowledge and skills that mean that i'm the only person currently able to do that and make the decisions and prioritize what really needs to get done and i also have to identify those things first so this book has really helped me i definitely want to reread this book man there are so many good books that I, i'm excited to have done this honestly i didn't know how i was going to go with this or how i would feel about it but i'm definitely enjoying uh going over these books so i can't recommend this one enough as well Stephen Covey, or watch some YouTube videos even, you might not necessarily have to read the book itself because there's so much, there's so many people who reference his stuff 
that you can just find a lot of it. You probably already know a lot of it, honestly, without even knowing it. All right. So the next book is The Secret to Success by Eric Thomas. Now, I I will say up front that I think this person, of all the people on here, is probably the most, not divisive. It, the book itself is fine. But I also follow his YouTube channel, and he's way more energetic than I think he is in the book. Uh, in this book, I'll go ahead and give you the synopsis first. I read this during the time where I was either just getting out of, you know, living out of my car or was still currently. Uh, but I had my I had my phone, right? So I wasn't like horrible, horrible at the time. I got myself out of it before things got worse. But nonetheless, renowned speaker, renowned speaker, educator, author, activist, and minister, Eric Thomas is rising to national prominence by delivering a high energy message that yells that tells youth through first-hand experience how to live up to their full potential and greatness and by breaking the cycles of crime, hopelessness, and despair that many face daily. Known for his engagingly personal approach, his message are his messages are both dynamic and expiring. When coupled with his own cycle-breaking experience, his blunt essays on reality and remarkable ability to reach even the most jaded of minds has helped thousands of youth nationwide become peak performers in academically, spiritually, and personally. Eric has electrified audiences ranging from the Fortune 500 companies to urban educators, collegiate athletes, collegiate athlete programs, and inner city youth program agencies with the message of his own life struggles and the principles, insights, and strategies he used to overcome them. Eric is no stranger to the ills that plague our communities as he was born in Chicago, Illinois, which I just came from, and raised on the streets of Detroit. His, child, his childhood and adolescent years were difficult and his struggles and personal identity issues were intensified because, like so many, he did not establish a relationship with his biological father until his early 30s. Yeah, so I, of all the people, even though I said that he's probably some people won't like him, right? He is probably I the probably the person I connect with emotionally the best. I'm not saying that his content is the best or I think that his content is the best, but you know, he's the only black author of all these authors that I put on this book on this list. He's the only uh, I think non-white author except for maybe Paulo Coelho and Miguel Ruiz. Uh, I'm not sure of their ethnicities, but I'm assuming just from the names that they might not be completely Caucasian. Uh, but Eric Thomas is black. He was homeless when he was younger. Uh, he, he grew up in some bad neighborhoods. Uh, he had it a lot worse than I did for sure. Um, but you know, he talks about eating out of trash cans and all these other things and how, you know, from a, it, it's hard to explain this, but for someone who grew up in the same environment as you, it's different hearing them come out of a struggle than hearing it from, you know, people that don't know anything about my upbringing or, or just didn't have an upbringing like mine to be able to relate to. It was great hearing him and you can just tell, you know, he came from a, a, a bad neighborhood. He, you know, he uses some Ebonics and stuff like that. He's a very well-spoken, so don't get me wrong, but he's from an area where they speak differently and that's, you know, people that I grew up around. So it, it became a little bit more relatable and understandable in a different kind of way because I knew that he had gone through things that, you know, I had experienced uh, and, and, and things that I could have experienced in my, you know, from my background that I managed to avoid but knew the dangers of. Uh, so it was really great to hear that and hear it in a 
just a very blunt way i don't know how to put it but like it's just very raw like he speaks not it's not super cleaned up it's not super you know it's like very fgc almost like for people who actually listen to you know who are part of the fgc uh, this will make the most sense to you it's just him being him and speaking the way he speaks naturally without worrying about how it affects other people and that's why i think that some people might not like him because not everyone's going to relate to him because he's talking the way that he is and he's not cleaning it up for other people like he does to some degree like again he's well spoken he's learned new words he's gone back to school he's like in his 40s or 50s wound up getting like his doctorates or his masters or something like that so this dude you know he was still learning as an adult like he he really became successful in like his 40s right his 30s or 40s was when he started to actually grow so most of his young adult life was a, a big struggle uh, so i felt like this guy really really related to me and I, I like the amount of energy. Like, he's very different from me. There was a point in my life where I felt like I want to be like him, but <laughs> I don't think I do want to be like him. I want to be me, right? But he's, like, very loud. He's very yelly. Like, he, if you watch his YouTube videos, you'll see this part of him. In the book, I, I think he's way more tame, which is probably the smarter way of going about things. Uh, but in his videos... And, and he also, uh, a lot of his YouTube videos are also just him being a motivational speaker for like, you know, he's worked for like NFL teams. NFL teams have brought him in to motivate their players. He's gone to like many colleges. This guy is not, like, he is well known in like a lot of the athletic circles because he brings, he, he brings that passion and makes people want to just, you know, go out there. Like you're just watching any given Sunday or something like that. He's the guy that gives those speeches on a regular basis. Like he's that guy. So he, he's good at his job. He makes millions of dollars. His book was hugely successful. Uh, so this book really motivated me in a way that was like different from the others in the sense of like, this guy understands my individual struggle. Like, even though, yeah, like it's really easy to do this cynical thing where it's like, yeah, it's easy for you to say like, that's this logic where it's like, yeah, you had it different from me. So you can't, I can't do what you did because of A, B, and C. It, it, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that it can objectively hold people back from going like at their hardest, trying their hardest because they just have this, easy for you to say kind of mentality like not everyone puts it in those those words but that's the kind of energy that a lot of people will exude and hold themselves back because they're not somebody else or they're comparing themselves in a way that doesn't make it productive this guy kind of understood me in a way that the rest of them just really didn't and it was good to have that sense of accountability from somebody who had it much harder than me uh, doing what he's doing now. He didn't have the opportunities that I had. You know, most of these other people had better opportunities than I had. Like, I was a pretty privileged black kid, right? I'm not going to say I was a privileged kid, but in terms of black people, by the time I was, like, in my early teens when we moved to Alabama, my parents actually had, like, middle class, upper middle class money. So, you know, when I was younger, I saw some of the, the poorer stuff, and I have a lot of family that lived way, way poorer than us. So I was around it pretty often because my mom had, like, seven other siblings all living in Atlantic City. My my dad visited his his family a lot in uh, Vineland, New Jersey. So they, they, they weren't poor by any means, but, like, you know, it was a different kind of community than, than like, the white community. I, I don't want to sound mean about it, but it's just different, right? Different cultures are different. And I grew up in a half, you know, I'm first generation on my dad's side. My mom came from a very bad neighborhood. Uh, 
I saw things differently than the, the average white kid probably did. Like, I'm sure there's tons of white people who lived in a poor lifestyle and uh, had a different kind of thing, but also the challenges of people treating you differently because you're black. Like, that's another layer that's different from other people. Not bad, not worse or better. I'm not comparing it. I'm just saying that's what I experienced. And that's why, you know, I'm harping on this a lot, but it's just really important to explain like if you're a black person or if maybe you're a person of color or maybe you're marginalized in some way i felt like this guy really connected with me and kind of just kicked me in the ass and said stop being a baby go out and do it like this is what you need to do if you want to do it then you need to be passionate about it you need to actually try harder like he brings it out in you and for some people that's really cliche for me i want to push myself to try harder for many different reasons if you don't want to that's not for you but for me that's what i want to do and that's why this is technically the last book on my list because of those reasons. I do have one other book that I want to mention that is not meant to be a motivational book or anything like that. Uh, I'll put two books, actually. I'll put two books. The first book is Ready Player One slash Ready Player Two. I've talked about this book a good bit, so I'll just give you the short part. Ready Player One is a book where it's in the future, the near future, and everyone's addicted to VR, and the world is like, you know, very bad, right? Kind of not post-apocalyptic, but getting there. And so people are depressed, you know, society's depressed, and they're, they're just drowning their sorrows in this huge worldwide, like think of metaverse, pretty much, but if it was good. <laughs> so you have like everywhere, you go there to play all the games, you go there to handle money, a lot of businesses operate there, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and this kid, is like 18, 17, at the start of the story. And the way that this story unfolds and the way that he thinks and the way that it's narrated, it's also narrated by Will Wheaton, by the way. So fantastic narration. Just saying. Great experience for the audiobook. Uh, I really related to this kid. Like in the first chapter, the first two chapters, he starts talking about religion. And I'll, I've said it many times, I'm an atheist. Uh, I, I grew up Christian for most of my life and then I left that religion uh, and was pretty much agnostic. I would say atheist agnostic is what I am now, but I'm definitely not Christian, right? You know how a lot of people vote not Republican? I'm not Christian. <laughs> That's kind of the way that I put it because that religion had a huge impact on my life and it still kind of does in some ways. And it has an impact just on my life, but also on society and American culture in the political system. It's very, very prevalent in our society, whether we like it or not. Uh, and just hearing that in the first two chapters about how he felt about it and how, you know, it's still perceived a certain way by different kinds of people was great. You know, how he dealt with relationships, how he dealt with hiding from his problems. A lot of that was relatable when I was a kid. So it was just a really, really great cathartic book. Uh, I did not like the movie. I'll be straight with you. It's a good, entertaining, like mindless movie. But the book actually has depth to it that the movie doesn't have. And I really enjoyed it. And if you're a gamer and you've been like a, a nerd or bullied before, I, I think this book will relate to you. The other book or book series is the Sword of Truth series. Uh, this is a fantasy. This is a fantasy series that I've been listening to for a good while. Uh, I have like, there's so many books, and I don't think it's finished because the author died, unfortunately, last year or two years ago. Uh, so Terry Goodkind was the author of this one. So he's dead. I don't think it's going to get finished. But the main character is actually Richard Cipher originally. His name changes 
but I won't give you the reasoning or the name because of spoiler reasons. Uh, but yeah, Richard Cipher was his name. It was some really, really great stuff. <laughs> like the character has a lot of growth. Some really crazy stuff happens to him. And the most relevant thing right now that I want to mention is how that book series approached the topic of sports. Um, this is again, fantasy fake world. Uh, and there's this one area that's very isolated from the rest of the world that Richard knew. And in that, that country, there is a sport that happens and it happens in a season. So, you know, for most of the, the, the year, it's not happening. And then at a certain point it's going on and everyone's there. So like businesses aren't operating people, uh, you know, aren't in the streets hanging out. They're all watching the game. And a couple of people have conversations. One person comes back from being away from that for like 20 years. Uh, this sport didn't exist when she left. When she came back, it's there. She's talking to her friend. And they're like, what is this? Why, why are people doing this? Why are people like not here hanging out? Why? What is what is happening? And he's explaining the sport and what, what's, what the sport is, which is pretty brutal. It's a little brutal. You know, it's like <laughs> more violent football. You know, people are dying and stuff. But people are entertained by it. Uh, and the other guy, the friend, explains his philosophy or his his reasoning as to what it is or, and what, how he feels about it. And he says that, you know, all throughout the year, when this game is not in season and people aren't playing it, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about their team and everyone's thinking about it and excited for it and distracted from some of the things that are happening politically or, or socially. And they're more inclined to just focus on this. And when it is happening... People are there watching it rather than focusing on other things. Everyone's really enthralled in this. And it allows for certain people to influence them in a way that they didn't really expect because they're becoming complacent in other areas. It, it's really, really well explained and I really appreciated it. I'm not trying to bash on sports, but I think a lot of people, especially after today, a lot of people are kind of cult-like about sports to the point to where they get violent about it. It's not healthy in my opinion. Uh, I have no problem with sports. I played a lot of sports as a kid. It, <laughs> I I really respect the activity of it. But when it comes to the fans, some people are crazy. And uh, I feel like there's an issue when grown men know more about the statistics of other human beings than they know about their own kids or, or like other parts of their life. Uh, there's an issue there. There's an imbalance for a lot of people. So it's not I'm saying sports are bad. I'm just saying people have bad habits and sports can be one of those bad habits for a lot of people and they can also be very obnoxious. And I'm saying that because I was in Chicago again and I had to our whole plan with my son's birthday just was like ruined because of this. Like it was traffic was bad. We couldn't get parking. Uh, our aquarium that we were going to was right near the stadium. So we had to deal with a lot of like parking being cut off and not allowed to get into because uh, normally you'd be able to go to that parking lot. But on that day, nope. So it was cold. It was a, it was a rough day today. Uh, we had a good time when we got there, but getting there and leaving my wife and I we wanted to strangle some people <laughs> but we we kept our composure for the most part it was really frustrating in certain ways but I say all that to just talk about how people get crazy and it can affect other people and they don't realize it and it's just how impactful these activities can be in our culture uh, I, I think sometimes it's worth questioning 
not judging, but just questioning and exploring. So I have rambled on long enough. Those are the books that I wanted to talk about. I love all those, all the personal development books. I'm not going to link the fantasy ones right now. Uh, you can search those really easily. There's multiple books, but they tell you which one is book one. But these books, these main books, these are the ones that I want to focus on. And I hope you guys get something out of it. Please let me know. I will say these are affiliate links, so I will get a small commission if you do wind up getting these books uh, from that link. Even if you get the, the book version from these links, that'll still help me out. And I would greatly appreciate it. No pressure. But hey, I got to shoot my shot. You know, thank you guys so much. I'm going to go relax after editing this video, this audio, and as always, I will see you all in the next one.